On this week's episode of Two Views Movies, we continue our Six Degrees of Separation series with 2010's Tony Scott-directed Unstoppable, sponsored by Miller Theatres. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And yet again, we are stringing together our chain of six degrees of separation to land on... What? Our train, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, our train. Uh, Another another car on the train of six degrees of separation. (laughs) And we are on 2010's... Uh, Tony Scott directed Denzel Washington, Chris Pine starring train movie Unstoppable. And Rosario Dawson, because that's how we got here. Yeah, we got to Rosario from The Captive last week. The uh, eh, the, the very meh Ryan Reynolds uh, thriller movie. And, well, and Rosario Dawson thriller movie. Yeah, we uh, this 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 train that we're we're going on right now has been very meh. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're also trying to watch things we haven't seen. I mean, it didn't originally start that way. You know, I mean, we had both seen Event Horizon at different points in our lives saying, well, I don't think I'd seen King Arthur. If I had, it had been so long that I'd forgot. And then we've just sort of branched off into, well, let's just try and find things that, that neither of us have watched. So that's how we got the Mississippi Grind and then... uh Oh, what did we just talk about? Oh, the captive. I, I could picture it in my head, but I just can't come up with the name of it because it's, it's just so forgettable. Um, you did mention uh, or neglect to mention the Fantastic Four too. Correct. Yes, that was one again that we had both seen, probably not in quite some time. Uh, but yeah, we're, this is. Uh, I mean, we're, we're rolling the dice here. Um, not to be, you know, pun intended for Mississippi Grind a little bit ago, but. Um, I will say we finally got to one that I've been wanting to watch for a while. I had never seen. Um, it always been kind of, I remembered it. I didn't really think much of it, but, um, you know, I'd heard Quentin Tarantino. I think we both saw this, had been on a podcast, uh, on the ringer and talked about how it was one of his most rewatchable slash favorite movies. So that, that kind of bumped up the intrigue for me to watch this. This was one of Tarantino's favorite yeah, like he went on the the rewatchables podcast, which I haven't listened to, um, but ranted and raved about you know this movie. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Which I I can kind of see. I I see where it's coming from. I mean, here's the thing. Um, Tony Scott's got a lot of movies that that we have seen and that that we like for varying degrees, which I think we should kind of touch on here in a bit once we get going because I mean he does have a pretty impressive filmography I mean it's very different from Ridley Scott's his brothers but it's it's definitely he's got a he's got a lane that he stays in and the lane appeals to me a lot I think he definitely has a style and you can tell yes I'm watching his style yes especially late Tony Scott like there's some similarities between this and Man on Fire visually and the way he films things that are that are done which i think i used to think were cool and now i I find slightly annoying but that's just a style thing you can you can look past that sometimes which is very different than michael scott (laughs) because his his style is is very different as well 
Sure. <laughs> All right. So before we hop into this, let's uh, make sure to mention our sponsor, Miller Theaters. They are still doing their curbside pickups. You can go to MillerCurbside.com. I know last week you mentioned you snagged some white cherry ices, but if you want ices, popcorn, candy, uh, you can go to MillerCurbside.com, uh, place your order, go pick it up at uh, the Miller Theaters out in Blue Springs. I know they are also doing some uh, like modified drive-in movies where you can take your car uh, go up to their theater and watch something. I know Spider-Verse was out there recently. I don't know if they're going to roll out any other movies, but uh, doing their best to make things uh, work for everybody during Corona time. Yeah, and we're close, right? We're, we're close to things opening up. Um, they still they haven't moved the July release of Mulan. They're still pegging in the middle of July, so they're hoping everything's open before then. Uh, yeah. They work out all the kinks for that, so... Uh, I think we're still on track for that in some modified way. Yeah, whatever that means. I mean, I know I went to a drive-in, and that was a, an interesting uh, thing. Not not at Miller Theaters, in a different place. But I'm anxious to see what they're going to do here in theaters. Like, are, are we going to... I mean, you can't rope off every other seat, because if you go as a family, I mean, you're already exposed to each other. So, you know, how, how exactly do you do this? Um, it's going to be very interesting to see. I know that um, in terms of release dates the new trailer for Christopher Nolan's movie came out and it didn't really say a date anymore. It just said coming in theaters. So they're committed to a theater release. They just aren't giving a date. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Oh boy. Yep. Okay. So let's get into unstoppable. I mean, I I do think that, um, you know, knowing this is a Tony Scott movie, he's got a lot that, I look at and even if I kind of don't like them, I kind of do like them a lot of the time. Like, I mean, obviously I love Top Gun, True Romance is solid. You and I are both big fans of Man on Fire, um, Enemy of the State, and Days of Thunder, Crimson Tide. I mean, these are all good. You've I've never seen Spy Game, which I think you said was pretty good. Is alright. Okay. Uh Beverly Hills Cop two, not not the best, but not terrible. Axel Foley is it's definitely <laughs> not the best Beverly Hills Cop, but Sure. Beverly Hills Cop hold this special place in my heart. Yeah. Um, you and I both have a, a odd soft spot for the last Boy Scout. <laughs> yes. I didn't, I didn't remember that he did that. Yeah. I mean, but, but and then you've got other ones like Deja Vu and taking a Pelham 123, The Fan, stuff like that, that maybe aren't as good. But I, I guess I felt like I wanted to say that he has this lane of movies that are typically action-oriented, but not overly terrible i mean I, last boy scout's not the best but i mean it, it lived in a time where i guess it fit for for what it was when it came out so i feel like he's a, a competent action director i concur but i think the uh and was it man on fire that changed the way that he started directing movies was that I, the first the first of this i don't know because man on fire would have been 2004 um and I don't so Deja Vu came after that Pelham 123 came after that clearly Unstoppable did as well um so I'm not really sure of the exact chronology let's see Spy Game 2001 Domino 2005 uh Domino so Domino was after also yes yeah so I think he he got a lot of success at least a lot of good good press for Man on Fire and then just kept that style Mm mm-hmm uh, for every movie he did after that. <laughs> yeah, because I honestly, I haven't seen Pelham 123, and I don't remember Deja Vu. 
but yes, I mean, even if I just skip past Domino, which I haven't seen since like the very first time it came on Netflix, if I just go from 2004's Man on Fire to 2010's Unstoppable, um, there's some shaky cam, uh, but not really it, like when it, I, it's the quick zoom in thing that he does. It's it's that, but it's also like um, a little bit of side to side, and not during like shaky cam fighting, but it's just like it's almost to immerse you in the action a little bit more. And then he'll shake the camera and then cut as he's shaking, um, almost to make it like a I don't know some kind of cool transition. And yeah. then he'll do some like filters on the like I know Man on Fire is very yellowish because it's set in Mexico and that's what everybody does, but Unstoppable had some some different colors it was using too. So yes, he's definitely got a style that he's working with here. Yeah, Domino does that quite a bit too. It's just watching any of those, you're like, this reminds me of something. I can't put my finger on it. Like, oh, yes. Well, it's the director that did all these others. Yes. So you, Which you, he can, didn't... you can pick them out, but he didn't do that prior to Man on Fire. No, the, especially the, the coloring and stuff he didn't do. I mean, Top Gun is, I to me, one of the best filmed action movies of all time because it was made in, what, 1986? And its use of practical effects and the way it's filmed still today is like, you know, we talk about this all the time. You can go watch a modern, you know, fighter jet movie like Stealth whenever it came out. And you're like, oh, that's so terrible. They CGI'd all this. It just looks so fake. And how could you have done something in 86 that looks so real? And, you know, 20 years later, you can't figure this out. Um, so he definitely is a very competent person. But, yeah, that style didn't exist back in those days, even Days of Thunder, Crimson Tide. It wasn't there. So I, I think you're right. That that Man on Fire thing that you know worked for him in that uh just got to keep going with it i guess <laughs> it's like somebody with a new toy like george yeah. lucas with uh, uh you know cgi it's like he, yeah. he found it and then i'm going to use it and i'm going to keep using it and keep using it yeah <laughs> yep um except nobody liked it when he used it the first time so he just stuck <laughs> with it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah at least at least tony scott had something that that people were like okay this is kind of cool but i will say i think we talked about this randomly maybe um, on one of our other podcasts we haven't done one on man of fire but it, it's one of those that like it's like kind of my my john wick it, it somehow works its way back up every once in a while um at the time i think the style was cool looking back on it now i kind of cringe when it happens I'm like oh I, I i don't like it as much see i i love it i think that i don't like other movies because that does that because of man on fire Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you're trying to rip off Man on Fire and do it like that. Um, Man on Fire is still the uh, the mark that you're trying to achieve. I think it's really cool in that movie. But like with Domino, it's like I was like, okay, he's still trying to use that. It came right after. Um, it's kind of a weaker plot. Um, it's definitely a weaker plot. Um, but uh, you go to Deja Vu, you're like, okay. Uh, enough is enough <laughs> you know it was a gimmicky thing that's pretty cool but like if you um make all your movies go backwards you know memento starts stops losing its appeal mm -hmm. you know same thing you just can't keep using the same gimmick as it ruins the original yeah agreed okay so we talked a little bit about tony scott it's probably time to circle back around and, and actually dive into the movie that we're talking about here so with Unstoppable, uh, the letterbox blurb tells us that there's a runaway train transporting deadly toxic chemicals. It's barreling down on Stanton, Pennsylvania, and proves to be unstoppable until a veteran engineer and young conductor risk their lives to try and stop it with a switch engine. Uh, I prefer the little tagline over the blurb. The, okay. the tagline is <laughs> 1 million tons, 100,000 lives, 100 minutes. Sure. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, we've already kind of talked about Tony Scott and his list of movies, so we'll move on to the cast. Denzel Washington, Chris Pine, Rosario Dawson, Kevin Dunn, Lou Temple, Ethan Suplee, and TJ Miller. So, what did you think? Truly, um, I was pretty bored. Uh, bored? Really? Bored. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with it was on a train and there's only one where the train can go. And so it's like they tried to make drama where there was no drama mm-hmm. of, oh, the guy messing with the radio and happens to hit hit the trailer of horses into the train's path. <laughs> yes, like, yeah. And it's like, okay. It's like they're really stretching to make this suspenseful. Because really the only thing that's suspenseful is the end of this, end of the line here. Like, yeah. And, and I wouldn't even think that it was like suspenseful. I thought it was more just like th- they're trying to get some action going, right? Like we need it to, something needs to explode. Something needs to break. You know, we have to do something. Like obviously the suspense is the end game, but you know, it, the, the, the horse trailer on the tracks was very much like the, you know, hey, I'm running through the street and the guys are carrying the plate glass across the street and I got to <laughs> jump through it, you know, or the, the truck full of chickens just happens to come through right as the, the car. The fruit stand, down. yes. Yeah, exactly. That that was 100% what that was. And I laughed at it as soon as it happened. Like, okay, we had to get a, we had to get something stuck on the uh, train tracks. But it was even worse because it took two events for that to happen. Yes. You know, it had to have them stuck on the train tracks, but also a distracted driver had to knock them in a perfect perfect way to, to get them on the track right before the train game. And I'm like, this is this is a bit much because even the quote suspense scenes, uh Denzel and Chris Pine are just sitting there talking to each other. Like, yeah. oh we're we're racing up and they're, oh, and they're just having a casual conversation because they're not doing anything other than gaining speed. Right. You know, oh we're seven miles away. All right, let's just talk about our wives and what happened, you know, yeah. it's just, I'm not getting any, any, even, okay. Even when the train took off the first time, everybody in the yard is just laughing. Yeah. They're laughing well, I at think him it's, trying to, uh, like it's no, Rosario is the only one that thought this was any sort of a, a big deal at all. When it's I a think, coaster. Right. Exactly. And I think that's what the movie tries to tell you is that like, Oh, they're not worried because they think it's not accelerating. It's just putting along. They'll be able to snag it down. You know, Oh, this stuff happens all the time at the train yard. And then, you know, stuff gets real whenever they find out that, Oh no, it's actually accelerating. But yes, it was a little, look, this kind of movie, whether you want to relate it to like, you know, speed or a disaster movie, I think it just leaves itself wide open for like what ifs and why didn't you do this and why didn't you think about that? Cause oh, for sure. I mean, at some point early on, I was like, can't we just get a guy on a helicopter and lower him onto that? And, and to their credit, they tried. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of questions in the beginning. Like we couldn't hop on a like later on in the movie. He's he, you know, the dude, the main welder gets in a truck and is driving 70 miles an hour parallel with a train like. We we couldn't have tried that at some other point. Although I did question, like, how long is this road that's a straight, perfect line down the down the track where you can go seventy miles an hour? But unfortunately, these kinds of movies are just you know rife with that, right? Just constant, like, what are they doing? Why didn't they do this? Come on. Yeah, if you're gonna back a train up to the front of it, couldn't you have someone jump on from the from that train? That was my exact thought, like, because they do that at the same time that they're trying to lower the guy down from the helicopter, and the trains are, like, connected. I'm like, well, couldn't you just make the five-foot jump from one train to the other instead of 
trying to lower the guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, I, I laughed to myself when the helicopter guy or the, the conductor getting lowered down, you know, went through the, like the windshield of the train because it reminded me very much of Goose and Top Gun, which is also a Tony Scott movie. So I was like, oh, okay, he got goosed. Of him hanging there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, very, a lot of goose vibes there. Uh-huh, like, very yep, much. Well, well, that's that's done. And I don't get why. So the, the train's in front of him, right? Trying to slow mm-hmm. him down. But he was slamming against the train, not just yeah. putting the brakes on. So it's like, I'm just going to ram it to death. Yeah, and I got to... Okay, like, again, I hate doing this to movies, but sometimes I think movies either earn it or just the premise of it leads you to ask these questions. But what would make them think that the train... That's the runaway train, which has all these cars attached to it and weighs all Triple this. seven? Yeah. Like, what? why would any of these plans work? Like, when Denzel finally hooks up to it, and he's like, I, it's still pulling me too fast. Well, yeah, you're, you're two engines, and it's a full train going the other way. Like, physics would tell you that I'm not sure you have enough force to be able to even remotely slow this thing down. Oh, but he could, because that's how they did it in real life. Did you know this is a mean? true story? No, I did not know this was a true story. So, based uh, loosely based on a true oh, well, story. Sure. So the Denzel Chris Pine thing kind of happened, which they backed up his train, connected it, slowed it down to eleven miles an hour, and some guy just ran in and got in the, the front. Okay. But uh that was the <laughs> that was the only thing that happened with this. Uh it never got over fifty five miles an hour. So he, he ramped up the speeds and ramped up the uh the risk and whatnot, and I'm sure there wasn't a curve lined with explosives. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> all these like that's a terrible design. We're gonna put a giant train yeah. curve with all these fuel tanks underneath it, just in case it doesn't quite make the turn. What, was it me, or did they not introduce that till later? Because I was like, th- I thought the whole movie was like, well, the chemicals on the train are gonna explode, and then well, that too, like, it's, it's, it's yeah. just making the explosion bigger, right? But then they show that graphic like three fourths of the way through the movie, and like, oh, right here at this bend, there's all these fuel silos. I'm like, Jesus, okay, yeah. When Denzel started jumping between cars and slowing it down, I was like, just go to the front, yeah. Well, that part kind of confused me too because I thought at one point he was working his way away from Chris Pine, which he was, right? Yes. So when he got to the place that he couldn't jump across, was he still working his way away from Chris Pine, or was he trying to come back? Um, well, I think he came back because he was on that fuel tanker when Chris Pine was driving, because he backed up a little bit to get in that middle middle of mm-hmm. the fuel tanker, and then just stayed there, I guess. Okay, because I, I, for some reason, I maybe I just got lost in it, but I thought he was trying to work his way back to Chris Pine. He's like, I can't make it. The jump's too big. I'm like, well, how did you jump across it the first time? So I, I think that was just me getting confused. No, I think that was like the one where all the pipes fell off, one of those types of cars. Gotcha. Um, and he couldn't make that. Okay. Chris yeah. Pine could have had he not crushed his foot. <laughs> sure. I did um, think it was a little funny that they said you couldn't take that turn at more than like 15 miles an hour. And then they roll into that thing doing like 65, I think is what they said or something. And they just pump the brakes a few times and they make it. It's well, kind of like, well okay. if you pump the brakes from behind, then that will work. I still, I, I was still trying to, I didn't get how that would work. Like, why wouldn't that still tip over if you're pumping the brakes? But I, I don't that. think it's supposed to make sense. I think that was just their way. Cause like, 
I kind of thought they were going to have the thing blow up a little bit because like, okay, you've been preaching to us this whole time that it can't be 15 and you're not even making it like believable. Like we're at 30 or 35. Like you're saying they're, they're roaring in there doing 50, 60. Like <laughs> this should not, this should not work. I think my biggest criticism while watching the movie was not a, well, why didn't they just jump on the train at a different spot or things like that? I did have those, but their evacuation of the town. Mm-hmm yet they lined it with as many first responders. Like It was an insane amount. There were thousands of people on the side of this train. Like Yet you evacuated the city, but you didn't really because his wife's standing right next to where the turn is. Uh, right. It's like, this is supposed to be some giant chemical explosion that could kill hundreds of thousands of people. And we've actively moved thousands to the track just to sit there and watch it and just in case something happens. Yeah. (laughs) As I like, why? Like, this is where they're supposed to derail it. And they put the derailer on and the cop cars next to the train. Yeah. You got to have people there to make sure everything goes right. You know, this thing is supposed to explode where you derail it. (laughs) You got to lay their lives on the line. That's what you do. Oh, the, uh, be some collateral damage. I did read the, uh, which they didn't bring up in the movie because it was weird. Now, you know, they're shooting the emergency stop part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cops were, and it was yeah. a small little target. Well, apparently they tried to do that, but you have to hold the button for it to do it. And so oh. that wasn't going to work. Uh, <laughs> but they didn't, I thought that would have, you know, other than them just trying to shoot it and all miss. I was like, okay. <laughs> I think Wikipedia I like for you. I think I like this movie better not knowing that it was, you know, some kind of extrapolation out of a true story. I agree. So I'm glad I went into this just thinking it was, you know. Well, I, di- I didn't. I missed that at the beginning. And it was at the end after Chris Pine hopped in um, and slowed it down. Oh, it was during the where they are now. Yeah. Uh, part of it because she was looking for Judd who died trying to slam the train with his train. Mm-hmm. And Judd didn't exist because um, they were all having a press conference like Judd didn't die. Like it was just everything was with that yeah. incident because that's how the actual press conference went down because there okay. was no judge who died, but uh, she kept looking for for in memorandum of Judd, but it was like he didn't, he wasn't real, and then she goes, <laughs> oh, this whole thing was real, <laughs> and so he looked it up and there was no Judd. Gotcha. Nor was yeah, there I, a helicopter I, guy. I had no idea. I even thought that the whole end thing where they're like, so you know, he got his job back and Rosario got promoted. I thought that was just trying to be cute i didn't really think that it was implying that it was an actual true story in any way shape or form so i i liked how they said that rosario took his job did they say what he did well they said in the movie or something he was like director of train ops or something like that no but when rosario took his job oh what he did no i don't think so i'm assuming he just got promoted to they made. <laughs> they just. They just made it <laughs> seem like she took his job. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. I. You know. It, I thought it was fine overall. I mean, I, I thought it kept the pace up pretty well. I, I. I never really got bored, even though I think it's a pretty boilerplate kind of movie. Um, I think the one thing that did annoy me the most in this movie was the constant news coverage. I, I think I got why they were doing that, but I just it just more annoyed me than anything. I think in the beginning it was fine, but that news helicopter being around the whole time was kind of annoying. Um, 
them doing the play-by-play where they're like, oh, Coulson looks like he's falling down, but now he's back up. I'm like, okay. I mean, I know that that's how it would probably really happen, That, that but I just felt like I, I don't, I didn't like that in the movie. I thought the movie would have been more enjoyable had they not done that. I hated the, the news coverage because that's not how things would actually happen. You have a reporter on the scene asking the guy who's actually hooking these to the tracks of the derailleur, explain to me how this works. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. First of all, you're supposed to be evacuated right now. Everybody, this, this train, we're derailing the train. And then even when it, <laughs> when it at the, the first news story, they showed the guy responsible and he is at fault here. Yeah, you know, they put his face right. and name on there. Yeah. Like, first of all, they would never release that to the public, right? <laughs> Especially not right as it happens. And these yeah. conductors, and we have their mug shots here for some reason. Yeah, here's Chris Pine, and here's here's Denzel. Yep. Like it's uh, it, it, like that's not how the news would do that. Yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> I mean, I hated it from a the what it did to the movie from like just the feel of it. It kind of breaks the not flow i mean it, it's fine and that it's like reporting exactly on what is happening in the movie but it takes like the perspective away from it like one minute you're in the movie with chris pine and denzel washington the next minute you're like a third party to the movie watching a news thing about the movie and like i just it was too much for me but i agree with you that like there were times when they would say something in the newscast where i'm like you're saying that so I can understand the movie better. That's not how this would really go, which is entirely correct from your point. Yeah. In the, so I didn't watch the trailer. I thought I remembered the trailer. I just remember seeing, uh, which I thought was Chris Pine jumping from car to car, which I guess that was Denzel because Mm -hmm. Chris Pine didn't do that. Um, I didn't know it was just a runaway train. I thought maybe it was terrorists or something. Sure. And I didn't know that, I, so I didn't watch the trailer either. I didn't know that Pine and Denzel were not on the train. Like I figured it would be them on the train trying to kind of sort out how to stop it as opposed to them being on a separate train, you know, away from the action, but still trying to work their way into it. I just, and every time that they were trying to create drama, it just didn't seem like there was a risk there. Like when they pulled off the track, you know, Oh, we got, we got pulled off the track. Like that was such a, it, it yeah it wasn't very believable that anything would happen right there right and yeah I mean, it's like, okay that... we well we we pulled to the side and there it goes oh it hit the last it clipped the last car right. okay <laughs> i think know? that's the problem with most movies like this like the disaster movie formula is that you pretty much know there's always an end game and nothing is really gonna go different until the end game so then it's just a matter of how much fun can you make the ride and how much attention of mind can you keep and can you keep the pacing up? Because we all know it's not going to end midway through, right? It's not, it's not magically going to come to a stop and somebody's going to solve this thing at the 45 minute mark. It's going to play out at just as the premise is. It's got to get towards the town. Now, do I care whether a horse trailer gets hit? No. Uh, if you had destroyed the other train full of kids would that have shocked me yeah <laughs> how stereotypical was was the kids field trip in the other right. train <laughs> yeah and that's what i mean there's always you know it's it's so boilerplate and formulaic but i felt like it was all right inside of that like it wasn't it wasn't too groan inducing um there was moments but 
I didn't actively like dislike this like I do a lot of disaster movies, whether it's Armageddon or 2012, stuff like that. Um, this one actually I thought was fairly competent. And if it had taken away a few things and done a couple of other things differently, it probably would have been even a little bit better. But certainly not as high on my list as it would be on Quentin Tarantino's for whatever that's worth. Yeah, it. Uh, but, but you mentioned things happening throughout. And with the train, you just you just don't have that. Like even speed to a giant boat can turn and go a direction that you don't want it to go. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we lose one engine. Now we're spinning in circles. Some like different things could happen. A train, it's going straight or straight or off the track. Like those, those, you only have two choices. Sure. And and so entering another element isn't there. Speed, you get, you're off the highway. Where do we go from here? Now we're going through the suburbs at, you know, 55 miles an hour or something. Like there's that, that drama that, things differently could happen with the train it's just straight or straight yeah i mean that is 100 percent true but i felt like where they did a decent job of keeping things going was there were several different attempts at what they thought they could do to stop it so while it is just going in one direction and gaining speed and it's just you know quite literally a runaway freight train um you know there were there were several different things that they were trying to do that failed along the way that I thought that that kept enough of the ideas or enough of the momentum going for me. So until Denzel and Chris Pine get involved, there's what two or three different thoughts or ideas as to how they're going to stop it. And they all fail, which you can kind of assume, but I thought that that was enough for me to kind of keep things going, even though I, you know, clearly the train's not just going to take a 90 degree turn and and go a different way. So I was less concerned about that and, and the flexibility of the train itself to, to be dynamic that I, that they at least tried some other attempts. I was worried that it was going to be like, here's our end game in all of this, and here's our one plan, and that plan's not going to get executed until the very, very end. Um, so at least they tried some things along the way to make it interesting. Did you think they got to the derailing way too soon? Um, like, like as a solution of saying, we should derail this train, well, opposed, opposed to trying to get anybody on this train whatsoever. It was, I think, was it Rosario who, who brought it up first? Yeah. No, we had to derail this train. Right. Well, I don't know. That's where I think that the practicality of it comes into play, which is like one of the things she said was it's out in the middle of nowhere right now. So if we roll the dice and don't derail it, then it's going to be in population centers where then we don't have that option. Um, and then I I kind of also, besides the helicopter, didn't quite realize how they would try to, to make some stabs at this. But then, you know, what we talked about earlier, once the two trains are touching, just jump from one to the other. Because I didn't really feel like driving alongside. I mean, if, if I think about train tracks around here where we live, I mean, how often do you get a long stretch where there's a road that you can drive along next to it cleanly without bumps or anything and, and have somebody jump from one to the other? So I kind of was okay with some of that. Although I think there's obviously, you know, they probably jumped to it a little too quick, but I get it. Yeah, I just, it seemed like nobody cared about it except for Rosario at first, which, you know, even just a, a coaster, if you will, on the main line, you know, with other trains not being able to, to stop or you know, it running into something else, just seemed like nobody cared. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, the yeah. only, and of course you have to get the, the CEO in there to talk about stock prices because you got to make the train company be a little bit more bad i don't care about the lives i care about the stock price money versus lives we're gonna add that element (laughs) exactly uh i think i'm out of things to say about unstoppable i as well all right let's get to our questions then i am thor 
son of Odin, as long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? What did you rate it? I ended up giving this a two. Ooh, I, that feels low for you. I I don't see myself ever wanting to ever watch this ever again. Lots of yeah, evers. but I feel like it's one of those that if, if it was on, you might no. leave it on. No, I don't think no. so. I, I think there are no redeeming qualities to it. Um, there's de- We're about to get to a favorite scene, and I don't want to ruin everything there, but it's a... Uh, I, I felt zero drama. I felt it was all manufactured crap of, oh, we're just going to throw this in the, just in the way just to stall until Denzel can figure out what he's doing. Um, even Denzel and, and Chris Pine, the one scene that seemed somewhat tense was him falling between the mm-hmm. trail, between the, and, and that that was it. Like that's the only thing that was any sort of suspense, which you know Chris Pine wasn't gonna fall underneath yeah, the tracks. But of course not. Um not saying that that takes away from it. I'm just that was the only scene that anything really seemed to matter because I think everything else that, that was done in this was so silly of of execution and again trying to make it bigger than it was and even adding the oil tankers at the curve and putting all of the people along the side watching this massive chemical explosion just none of it made sense to me and again i just it it was very straightforward and i i just didn't like it okay so so too yeah i I feel like we're full role reversal on this one because um normally when you give something a little bit of a higher grade that i question you you talk about like the sub genres of movies that you place things in um so I'm at a three on this one. Uh, definitely no higher. I wasn't even contemplating mm. a three and a half. Um, but I think this kind of stems from my general hatred of disaster movies. So I went into this with like very low expectations, even with Quentin Tarantino saying, you know, hey, this is one of my favorites. I mean, whatever. Um, these types of movies, I just have a really low bar for because they are typically way too long way too overdrawn um you know they they have the same kind of formula and this one kind of has it too you know the family that is estranged and you got to make sure you save them from the accident that's about to happen so that we can reunite at the end i mean that that stuff is all there but it kept it short um you know what it lacked in dynamics from a train being able to do anything i thought you know the the rescue attempts kind of kept me going even the, the laughable stuff was there like the the train yard, or I mean, not sorry, the train yard, the uh, the horse trailer, that stuff was there. I liked both Denzel and Pine in this. I thought their dynamic was pretty good. So I enjoyed the scenes when they were there, the back and forth and, you know, the rookie versus the vet. Again, pretty generic, but I mean, for being in those roles, I thought Pine and Denzel did good. Um, so I I would be between a two and a half and a three. I landed on a three. I If it was on, I would, I would kind of leave it on in the background, but it's probably not something I would just go actively rewatch. No, I, yeah, it is definitely a below average movie for me. So yeah. it's interesting that you're that high. Yeah, again, I think it has to do with, like, if I rated out disaster movies, <laughs> this one would probably be higher on the list. So maybe it just is, relatively. Is it even is that? I mean, it's a potential disaster movie, I guess. But that's but what they all It's not a are. disaster movie. I mean, okay. When you take away the fact that, like, you know, like let's take Armageddon for example. Like, is you know, Speed mid- a disaster movie? 
uh, I mean, maybe that's not the right word for it, but you can kind of see that it's in that sort of vein and it follows that same kind of formula where we all know the big bad thing is happening and we're along for the ride to figure out how to stop the big bad thing from happening. Now, whether that's a cataclysm of cosmic scales like Armageddon in 2012 or whether it's something uh, smaller, you know, I, I feel like they all kind of operate in a very similar fashion, just maybe the scales differ. So maybe I'm not using that bucket right, but I would kind of lump them all together like that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. But no, I, yeah. To compare this to a disaster movie, it's, it's one of the worst in my opinion. (laughs) Uh, Well, out of this worst disaster movie that you're talking about, what was your favorite moment? Um, my favorite moment was when Denzel started hopping cars because it was like, that's what I've been saying the entire movie mm-hmm. of just go to the front. Why are yeah. we not going to the front? And so he, even though he, he never there. got there, even though he never got there, I think he could have, but, um, cause he climbed down to where the, opposed to try to jump from the top, climb down where the coupling is, but apparently he didn't want to do that. Um, that just, it was like, some sort of this suspense, something's happening. Um, I guess if I had to pick a favorite part again, I didn't, I liked the, uh, I wish the horses would have exploded, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, yes, no I- way they kill the horses. I, I get it, but at least yeah. add something to this. Right. <laughs> Why else put them on the track? <laughs> <laughs> Some bloody gruesome scene. <laughs> this stuff, you know, I, I don't know. I, and I know it's a based on a true story. Clearly, it wasn't the true story because um, we added random people dying uh, and helicopter rescues and things like that. But it, uh, I guess Denzel. I mean, I I don't have a favorite, but that's what I'm going to go with. Okay. What about you? Um. Well, I liked everything about the lead welder. That guy <laughs> killed me. I mean, from the opening diner scene. Uh, to him being this like overly important guy that can know and solve everything. But my favorite moment was when that dude rolled up, flashed a badge and demanded a police escort to go along. I mean, who the hell is this guy that can just go up to police because he's a train expert? You know what I mean? Like out of all the things that you could be in this movie or in this scenario, you are a welder who apparently is a wealth of knowledge about everything related to trains, and you roll in demanding an escort to get going. You know, eventually, I like how they, their initial reaction is sort of like, who are you? But then he drops Rosaria's name, and then they're like, oh, you know Carol or whatever her name was, and then they let him go. But I, I just, I actually laughed out loud when that happened because it was so, so perfect. It's, again, so formulaic that, you know, there's this one guy, you know, there's always that little engineer guy in these movies that knows exactly what you're supposed to be able to do at the right time. And, and this movie actually kind of had two of them, but uh, this guy was my favorite. I kept thinking he was Joe Dirt, like David Spade in, in, in makeup, but uh, I love that part. I'm glad you brought up that scene because he didn't really do anything other than drive alongside the train. So that could have been anybody. Yeah. But uh, he pulls up, he says, I need a police escort. He doesn't say to where or mm-hmm. why, you know, and the cops are just kind of looking at him. You're a he- the lead welder. Okay. Which mm-hmm. they should have that exact reaction. And then every exactly. state trooper happens to know Rosario's name in position. Well, I, I think 
my only thing I had there was I think she'd had a conversation with like the main police guy because if you watch, I felt like the the guy he was talking to didn't really acknowledge it. He's like, "What?" But then the guy in the background is like the heavier set guy with like the buzz haircut. He had just talked to Rosario on the phone. He's like, "Wait, you know whatever?" Which again, to your point, is like, okay, <laughs> the the head of the you know sheriff's her. department. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't know the head of the train ops if you're well, the sheriff? I, I still was waiting for him to say why. Yes. And into where the police escort was supposed to take them. Because again, you have to give, if you're asking for this escort, I think they have the right to ask more questions of where are <laughs> <Exactly>. we going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to tell the cops in front of you of where we're escorting you to. <laughs> exactly. I love that part so much. And then he showed up out of nowhere and was like, yep, forgot about that guy. Mm-hmm. Did, did you forget that he was involved? No, I knew he was, I mean, I loved him so much. I knew he was floating around somewhere. I knew he no. was going to appear again. Yeah, I, I I forgot about him. Here comes the truck, and and what was his idea? Oh, just jump in the truck. <laughs> yep, and speed up and get to the front. What you've been saying all along. Get to the front. Get to well, the front. You know, if that was the if get to the front was his plan, why not have another conductor already in the truck, and why waste time picking up Chris Pine? Yeah, right. I know. Okay. Okay. Yep. yep. I just love the fact that the true story they slowed it down to eleven miles an hour, and they just ran next to it and got on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody saw that article in the paper and went, oh boy, I got something here. Or some news anchor, you know, portrayed this as an unstoppable force. And they yeah. go, oh, okay, this is a movie now. Exactly. Uh, what's the one thing you would change in this? Hmm. Um, <laughs> most of it? Terrorists? I'd add terrorists. <laughs> add terrorists. Add okay. terrorists. Because... I didn't think Denzel or Chris Pine really had anything to do for 90% of the movie. That's true. I needed them to somehow get involved earlier or something. I don't know. Just more attempts at, I mean, I don't, you don't want to see lots of guys try to jump and get on the train, you know, even though that's what you think you'd continue to try to do. That doesn't make for a very good movie of continue to do that, but it just, I don't know. I just, I, I wasn't in this at all i wanted them to do something and they just sat, felt like they just sat there in the in the other train so i'm going to state the obvious here i mean are you really just trying to turn this into under siege 2 dark territory i want to that's my character swap add steven seagal <laughs> <laughs> uh everything's better with seagal everything <laughs> Um, no, I, I don't know. It's just just something, some other element. I mean, yes, adding terrorists to a train is it'd be cheesy as well, but I just think it would have engaged me more. Yeah, but then you you'd have to have like Denzel go full equalizer, or man on fire, and I mean, it would become which a is fine action, which is fine. Yeah, but I don't think that's what this movie wanted to do. Well, clearly not. It's trying to mimic a, a true story with no terrorists, <laughs> so it right. kind of kind of hurt the, the old people of oh. The other thing, uh, the news anchor, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> train seven seven seven, also known as triple seven. Oh, well, yes, like, really. Yeah. <laughs> just in, just in case you weren't, you were going to be confused later of what it was called. But the real train was eight 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 eight, called the Crazy Eights. Wow, that's way cooler. Why did they yeah. change that? I don't know. I don't know. Copyright or something. Damn. Yeah, that's dumb. It'd have been it'd have been a lot better. I'd been in crazy eights. <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue to my thing. I would change, which is I'd get rid of the whole news story angle. Just get it out of there. I, yeah, it 
it takes away, breaks immersion, doesn't add anything to it that you can't glean already. So just but then how would Denzel's out. daughter know where right you know working at Hooters yeah to put the news on at Hooters sure. yeah I, well I mean you could still have that how many how many other movies do that right she's working at the bar cuts to a newscast there and then you know oh there's my dad's picture on the screen fine cool do that but you don't have to have the constant intersplicing of like like i'm watching an actual newscast for you know a certain percentage of the movie that was dumb yeah and it no, felt like no. the news helicopter was way too close to everything <laughs> like, <laughs> sometimes it was, it was I was like, is the news helicopter blowing the grain yes. at, at him? Because I'm like, right. like oh, get them out of here. Exactly. <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh, do you have a casting change on this one? I'm assuming you did. I did. I did. So this um, train expert of Pe- Kevin Corgan, the uh-huh. Inspector Warren, I don't get him. I don't get why he was there, what the purpose of this was. Was he just happened to be inspecting on that day? No, it said he was there to give a speech to the kids, I believe is what it said. And he missed the the, train? Well, I don't know if the train was headed to the station where he's at, like as part of the field trip. Like go visit, you know, ride the train, visit the op center, get a speech kind of thing. I mean... I'm pretty sure that's what Rosario or somebody because Rosario is annoyed and then somebody's like, oh, he's here to give a speech or she said that. And that's when she throws her hands up, like, get him away from me. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get why he still hung around in moments of crisis. But well, because um, he has the knowledge. He, yeah. Uh, well, he sucked. So I got rid of him and I put in Mark Ruffalo. Okay. He seemed kind of like the know it all. Um, not supposed to be there, but had stuff to offer okay that's fine i mean it's an irrelevant role i agree with you the only thing he was there for is to tell denzel he needs to alternate the brakes and the throttle that's really the only thing he's good for well and he knows the glue compound that they're carrying sure true more more scientisty so that's why i put ruffalo in there (laughs) okay but also a trained scientist so not real true on scientist Right. But a Ruffalo scientist. <laughs> so I actually am swapping that guy too. Uh, but I'm, okay. I'm, doing, I'm doing one of your moves though. Uh-oh. So the guy who plays the head operations guy um, that Rosario talks to in the beginning and gets annoyed, he doesn't really strike me as a jerk. He He's kind of, he can be a little jerkish, but he I think he can play a decent good guy. Um, whereas the guy who plays the safety person, Kevin Corgan, he just looks like a jerk. Sorry. He I does. mean, yeah. so... I just wanted to swap those two. Make Kevin Corrigan the guy who's talking about dollars and cents and not derailing the train or whatever, and put Kevin Dunn as the, like the you know everyday guy who knows about train safety who can come in and help you out. I thought that would have been a better fit. So I don't know where I'm pulling this from, and I'm about to go look through Kevin Corrigan's filmography, but for some reason I picture him just as a dirtbag. Yeah, I like, mean, like I, almost like a homeless dirtbag. Like I don't know. I agree too. I think he's in super bad at one point. Um, is I forgot what he is, but I know he's in Super Bad, and I think when I looked at his filmography before, I think he's got like a decent amount of movies. He's kind of a that guy. Yeah, but I feel like he's always that uh, that dirtbag guy. Yeah, exactly. When I saw him, I was like, "Oh, this guy is slimy," and then he ended up being a good guy. And I was like, "Oh, well, okay." That that kind of threw me off. Now, even when they were saying, "Well, will this work?" Like, he's like, "I don't know." Yeah. You know, the pumping, like, nothing about him instills confidence whatsoever. Yeah. 
Exactly. Well, and I think it would have been better. I think that Kevin Dunn gives off the impression of more of like your everyday guy who like if he said something like that would would seem believable. Whereas this guy was like, "Mm, yeah, I'm not buying it. Yeah, just put him in a blue collar shirt opposed to his suit. Yep. And all of a sudden he's a he's a train expert. Mm hmm. Yep. He's doing a long time. (laughs) Oh, Kevin Dunn said that. Yeah, old Kevin Dunn. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll pump him because my, my buddy Kevin. <laughs> All right. So uh, we are getting rid of our award question, and we're just going to throw in with each episode, I think, just kind of a relevant question related to the movie. So this one is uh, we're talking train movies. So what would be your best train movie that you've seen? Okay, I do have a, a clarifying question because okay. we're, we're going to go down this path. Is it? centralized around the train or have an extensive train scene no i think i mean i think we just have to argue our point like we normally do i think that um because i think there's some movies where obviously trains are heavily featured i mean if it's just got one scene i think that's maybe a bit of a stretch i think it needs to be at least somewhat of a focal point like i will say one of the things that popped into my mind was back to the future three I mean, it's not necessarily a train movie, right? It's not okay. a train movie. It's not I mean, a train movie. No, you would have to agree that the train is heavily featured. That there is a there's a train component to that movie. Yes. So I think that that would probably be my like dividing line would be Back to the Future Three. If it's less than that, I, I think that you're you're probably pushing it. If you're more than that, you're good. Interesting. So I, I prepared for both. Okay. So as far as the best and and truly when i was trying to think of train movies there's not a lot of of great train movies agreed uh, unless i'm missing some um so the one that i would say if this qualifies would be mission impossible no that does not qualify the entire in the entire end scenes train based Uh, i just don't think it's enough i think it's actually actually more than back to the future i don't think so i don't think so at all yeah. The whole time machine in Back to the Future Three is around a train and getting that to go. I, I, Mission Impossible, but they didn't like, use it until the very end. I don't. No, it's it's in various pieces. It's, I don't. I don't know. I don't think Mission I would Impossible. The whole end sequence is train based. Nope. I, I then then I would move my line if it needs to be more than that. It needs to be centered around a train somehow. And I don't think Mission Impossible is clearly. It's not. So it's not my, it's not favorite train scene, favorite train act, it's favorite train movie. And that's why I was trying to ask my clarifying question and yeah. then you threw Back to the Future 3 on there and that's not a well, that's not a I, train was, movie. I was trying to get one right on the like teetering line. And I I thought I exceeded that line. Mission I don't possible. think so. I disagree. Well, so I, fortunately for you, I have two backups. Okay. Um and one. You gotta pick one. You gotta pick one. One is for the cast alone, and I haven't seen in probably thirty years. Was Money Train? No, <laughs> I don't remember it being good. Um, but I went with Snowpiercer. Yep, same. Did you? Especially yep. with the the TNT resurgence. Yep. I guess the new series come that came out. More people are aware of the the old Snowpiercer, but uh, I think that's uh, that's the only one that gets highest and i think i only gave that like a three and a half so Agreed. peaking peaking at uh train movies at three and a half is not not a great thing yep well no need to elaborate further i had i'm glad, I'm glad well. you mentioned uh under siege too it, it had to be it had to be <laughs> yeah. thrown out today of course at some point okay we would be doing a disservice if we talked to train movie and and did not mention under siege too 
What about training day? Yeah, go No? Away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you like this movie, you would also like... I'll let you go first. Well, I'm going obvious because I think it's the clear parallel here, and it's a much better movie, way more enjoyable. Um, it's Speed. I also went Speed. Yeah. I also, I didn't want to take your, your Keanu from you to let you <laughs> introduce that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's there's only so many movies about runaway things um, that you can pick from, and clearly Speed was um, a very, very good movie. Enjoyable, good acting, solid plot. Hadn't seen anything really like that before. At least I hadn't at the time. So it holds up. And I haven't seen that for ages. I think uh, I think I may need to revisit Speed soon. Yeah. I, I like it every time I watch it. I, I haven't seen it in a long time either, but every time I'm like, yeah, it holds up. Pop quiz. Yep. <laughs> All right. That is it for Unstoppable. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. You can find me at at Two Views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at at Two Views Movies or email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically everywhere you listen. We are there. If you're on Apple, leave a review to help spread the word that you're a fan of the show. We will be back next week with most likely another Six Degrees. We're not sure where we're going to branch from here. We got some That Guy options. We got some, some Pines and Denzel. We'll track it down. We will uh, cover that next week. I really thought you were going to finish my quote. Pop quiz hotshot? Yeah. yeah. With what? Oh, I didn't even say hotshot. I thought you were going to Oh, you it. wouldn't mean to say hotshot? Uh, I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just so assumed. I mean, I, I said it in my head immediately. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just leaving it. I thought you were going to finish my sentence for me. Apparently, we're not that close anymore. <laughs> All right, well, we'll be back next week with another Six Degrees. Catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both.